0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Good morning. Uh, We are doing the Uddhava Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. This is chapter 14. We are continuing with chapter 14. And uh, we had completed till verse 41, where Krishna was describing the different, different uh, questions, you know, which have been raised by Uddhava. He was answering him. And his explanation was totally different than normal worldly explanations which are there, which we can find in all our dictionaries and maybe Google or wherever. So Krishna's definitions were totally different. So now let us see what are the remaining ones. We are doing Uddhava Gita, chapter fourteen, the last message of Sri Krishna, the dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava, verse forty-two. A fool is one who identifies oneself with me, with the body, etc. The right way is that which leads to me. The wrong way is that which causes disturbance of the mind. Heaven is the rise of Sattva in the mind. So here. Krishna is giving an explanation for the remaining words that he had asked about. So the question which he had asked is, who is a fool? Naturally, a person who goes through the dictionary meanings of a fool has has an understanding which is very clear, isn't it? But according to Krishna, a fool is a person who identifies himself with the body. So. Who is a fool? The one who says, I am the body. This is me. You know, you're talking about me. So if somebody comes across to you and says, uh, hello, sir, how are you? What is your good name? And you will immediately say your name. And then maybe that person says, oh, you are that person who did this and that. And you may feel very elated about it. Oh, of course, of course, he's talking about me. And At that point in time, you may say, oh, he's praising me, you know, praise. Or maybe somebody comes across and says, aren't you that person who did this to you? You are the one who is writing on Twitter, the whole world is against you and immediately you feel very angry with that person because you believe that this is you, this body comprises you. Now I want you to think for a moment, does this body comprise you? Think for the moment, are you this body? So just now I removed my glasses and then what did I do? I just cleaned, you know, them and I put them up. Now. Does glasses make me (laughs) who I am? No, it just allows me to see properly. Correct. Likewise, the same way, whatever object that is there, say for example, the garment that you are wearing, what happens to the garment? Is the garment you The answer is no, you could be wearing a garment belonging to somebody else, right? So it is an object. So this garment, I will remove it, I will put on another one. And then I may remove that and then I put on another one. So this is the difference that happens. So the garment is not me. Got the answer? So, if these objects which I am having are not me, now let us come to body parts. All right. I go and cut my hair. I have long hairs, let us say. And then I go and cut my hair. Now think about it. Was I possessing those hair when they were long? Yes. Is hair me? No. The hair is not you. You do not make up of that hair. You know, you. The you is not that hair. Likewise I can go and cut this hair, the hair will grow again. Does it matter? It may matter to few people, yeah, I had long hair, now I cut it, you know, I have a problem. But for those who shave their entire head, they know that it doesn't matter really. So for them it's not a problem. So now think about it. You have a toothache. You remove your teeth, you know, the the doctor comes, the dentist removes that teeth of yours. Do you keep on possessing it, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, no. You don't go to the barber and say, Oh, give me back my hair. Do you say that? No. (laughs) It's the same way, you don't possess objects and items. Now I'm just gone to only two, hair and the tooth. Now I have a heart surgery, my heart is not working properly. I put in an artificial heart, you know. So am I bothered that much that that is my heart, I want it back. So did you understand that you are comprising of body parts, the you that you think, is comprising of body parts they are objects which are put together to supposedly make you till the garment is on you you will say oh i look nice till the glasses are on my you know on my eyes i will say i am able to see still that doesn't tell me who i am the word i am cannot be understood over here So even if I separate the body parts from me that still will not be me. This understanding you should have. That means the body is not you. So why do we possess objects? This is my glasses and then outside of you, you start possessing people. This is my husband this is my wife, these are my parents. So somebody has given birth to some body part of yours. So they have possession of you. Likewise, you will find that you start possessing things. This is my house. This is my car. These are my children. Then on top of it, People will say, this is my state, my nation, this is my earth. Well, earth doesn't belong to you. Nation also doesn't belong to you. Just because you stay over there, does it mean that the nation belongs to you? No. Just because you stay over there, does the state belong to you? You are taking possession of things. You are having a desire to own things, so you possess that state. You possess bodies, but the bodies are not you. In the same way, the people who possess you, they are not the owners of the body. They are not slave drivers. You know, in ancient times slaves were bought and sold. So if your parents say, I own this fellow. What are they? Slave drivers? Who do they think they are? As if they own everything. Your parents cannot own your body. No way. Your husband or wife, your spouse cannot own your body. And nobody can own you. This you should know. Nobody can own you including you yourself, you cannot own this body. This body doesn't belong to you. Just like you bought these glasses from some shop. Likewise, you have done body shopping. So this body has been given to you. It's like a rented property. You have rented it for this lifetime, this lifetime only, that is from birth to death. Then why are you possessing it? Suppose it's a car, you have rented a car. Now you can use the car from x destination to y destination. You have rented it only for a certain amount of time. After that it doesn't belong to you. Correct? Now in that car. It's a share a car, you know, share a cab or whatever. There are other people who will sit. Can you say that this person is mine just because the car is, you're sitting in? So there are passengers which come and sit. Suppose you are a man and a beautiful woman comes and sit next to you. She gets off at another place, you get off at another place, then there is a third person, he gets off at another place. Can you? have ownership of those people? No. Likewise, you cannot have ownership of the car also. Think about it. If you get married at the age of 25, it is like the passenger joining you at a particular place. Okay, and you get off. And then that passenger continues. So that person supposedly in your material world is the wife. So you died at the age of 70. And that lady continued till the age of 85. Just because you died at 70 and she continued till 85, can you take ownership of a person? They are just passengers in this journey called life. You cannot own anybody. So, you just like you cannot own that rented car, this body is a rented property. Everything in this world is rented out to you, including the thing that you say, this is my property. That is also rented to you, it doesn't belong to you. You see, when this whole universe started, it did not belong to anybody. So, how can you say it is mine? So, Krishna's words are very, very clear. A fool is a person who identifies himself with the body. He takes possession of the body. He thinks that he owns the body. You are just a person who has rented this property from Mother Nature. From Prakriti. Prakriti is the one who has given you this body. This universe has given you this body comprising of these five elements. So don't you own it. So Krishna says, any person who believes that he is so and so and that he owns the body takes the ownership. Ownership is taken when you feel hurt. I feel hurt. I feel upset. I feel angry. I feel nice. I feel good. I'm so happy. You are taking ownership for what? For the body? Such a kind of a person according to Krishna is called the greatest fool. So I hope you understood Krishna's definition of a fool is a person who takes possession of his body his body parts or whatever they are. You cannot own anything and you are not the body. Then the next question which he had asked, Buddha had asked Krishna was, What is the right way? So, the right way? Don't Google it. Okay? And don't go go to Google Maps also. Google Maps, show me the right way. (laughs) The right way is the path to God, the path to Krishna. That means, anything that leads you to Krishna is called the right way. Anything that doesn't lead you to Krishna is the wrong way. Got it? So, now the wrong way also has a different explanation. I should not preempt Krishna, you know. (laughs) So the right way, is that which leads to me. Krishna says, anything in this world that is coming directly to me. That means if you go to the temple and you pray to some god, some deity, some demigod, you cannot call him god also. it's all demigods. You go to and pray and pray to some demigod. That demigod is just one of my cronies. He is not me, he is my representative over there. Krishna says these words very clearly. He says, if you go and pray to some god, they are my representative. You are praying to a representative, not to me. Is that path leading to me? No way. That path is leading to that particular demigod. If it leads to that demigod, then you will get to enjoy his heaven. And then you will be born again on this earth. Whatever, you know, whatever the credits that you have in your life, the karmic credits that you have in your life, you will get them in his heaven, whoever demigod it is. And once you finish those credits, at the end of the day, When you finish all your credits, then what happens? You are kicked out of that place. You are not fit for that place. So what the person does? Your credits are over, sir. Now time for getting out of there. Have you seen some pictures of people getting repossessed? You know, the police is going from place to place. Some place in Denver and some other places. They are repossessing the houses. They are saying no. Coronavirus and all, we don't care, you have not paid. So if you have not paid, we are going to repossess the property. It is like that. So if you go and stay in their house, they are going to tell you, get out from here, you have finished. You have not paid now. This is not paid for. All your credits are over. So then what God are we talking about? It's a demigod. The demigod is only going to give you so much time. That is it. After that he will tell you to get out. And then you will have to be born again. What are you going to be born again as? There is no guarantee that you will take a human birth. So don't bother about it. So he says, the right path is the one that leads to me. To Krishna himself. Please remember this, anything that leads to me is called the right path. And it is better taken, you know, the right direct path is better than all the indirect paths, isn't it? Think about it. By doing gymnastics, by saying some kind of prayers or something like that, you know, all the different suktams that are there. Or whatever. Does that lead to me directly? Doesn't. So, why don't you have love and devotion for me? That is the direct path. Straight away, straight one pointed entry. Got it? Now, the next question which he had asked about, the Uddhava had asked the next question what is the wrong way? The right way we have understood. The path which leads to Krishna is called the right way what is the wrong way? The wrong way is that which causes disturbance in the mind. Now, what causes disturbance in the mind? You see, we are so many varied people. Everybody has different, different disturbances. The disturbances are unimaginable, you know. And then, what happens to those disturbances? You get carried away by the disturbance. Let us say, your alarm has rung, but you have not gotten up from the bed. And then, suddenly you get up in a hurry. Suddenly you get up in a hurry and knock over a glass of, or maybe a jug of water, because you are slightly groggy today, see, you knock it off. And the immediate concern is, oh, I must have got from the wrong side of the bed, you know. Very easy to blame, isn't it? So now it has caused disturbance. Now you got up late now, and then what has happened? You have knocked off that jug of water, it has spilled all over, and now you got to clean it. Then the next thing that you will say, now my whole day is going to be like this only. But today's day and age, nobody knocks over a jug of water. They get up at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And the first thing they will do is they will go to their phone. Their eyes are not even open. half, half open eyes. They will open their phone and they will look into it Oh, he has posted on inter- Instagram. Huh? Look at this Facebook page. This person, miserable person, I hate this person. This person has posted on Facebook. Well, you've seen Facebook, you've seen Instagram, then you've seen Twitter, you've seen... Uh, this is what you do. And then suddenly you get in a you know, notification, mail. And then you look up the mail, oh my god, income tax department last date is due. And then you get disturbed because of that. And then your whole day goes like that. Have you noticed people who do not even make efforts to get up are the people who will say, you know, you try to wake them up later on, say after an hour or two hours. You know, I got such a stinking headache. You are lying in bed for the additional two hours and you got such a stinking headache. Okay, and on top of it, I got pain, I got this, I got that. You have missed your gym. Uh, Today I got a headache. How can I go to the gym? My leg is hurting. Today I don't feel like it. You can give as many reasons as you want because you are disturbed. Your mind is upset. It is disturbed. Even if you see someone doing something, you are disturbed. In the course of the day, your wife says something to you. She may say something, but, oh, she's just telling me that, you know, the next week she wants to go to her mother's place. I told her already, you know, my friends are coming over and she's not even bothered about it. Her mother is more important to her. That is a disturbance. My kids, you know, their fees have to be paid. The whole day you're thinking about it. It's a disturbance. You know, today in India, we have 135 million people, rather 1.3 billion people, okay. More than 350 million people do not even have proper food. Your mind is disturbing you because of some stupid thing happening in your office. my boss doesn't know how to talk to me. You are disturbed because of that? Somebody is doing something and you are disturbed? What kind of a person are you? There are thousands and thousands and millions of people going without food. They are just drinking water and surviving today's day and age there are so many people, you are not even bothered about this. Now we come to the point where I am disturbed about these millions of people, you know, without doing anything, they don't have any food or you are disturbed. So got the answer? The disturbance can be this or the disturbance can be that also. Guruji was talking about so many people not having food. You read an article saying that you know, artificial intelligence is going to take over the jobs. Okay, so artificial intelligence is taking away my job. And then what happens? I can write and give you, they are not going to take away any of your jobs. From the day, from the time when artificial intelligence has come, that is automation has come till today. The figures, the number of people that those machines have replaced is 170 million. It's a drop in the ocean. Does it mean that 170 million people haven't got jobs? Definitely those fellows have got jobs. You think they have, Then they should have been hungry for the last seven, eight years. But that has not happened. You can get a job. You can do something with your life. This is a disturbance which just because you read in the newspaper or somewhere, that is causing you disturbance. So Krishna says anything in this world that causes you disturbance in your mind, is the wrong way, it doesn't lead to me. Anything that causes disturbance in your mind is the wrong way, you are lost in this world. Then, what is heaven? Now this I will take with the next verse. What is heaven? Because the next verse is about hell. So let me do it step by step. Okay, this last line I am keeping for explanation. So verse 43 says, Hell is the rise of tamas in the mind. The teacher who is no other than myself is the friend, O Uddhava. The human body is the home. He indeed is called rich who is rich in virtues. So now, the question that was asked to Sri Krishna by Uddhava was what is heaven and what is hell? So these are the two places that you have, isn't it? When a person says you are going to heaven and the other person says no you are going to hell. You have done all kinds of wrong things, you are going to hell. Well, so where is heaven and where is hell? They say heaven is up there and hell is down there. Up and down. So you push the button of the, you know, elevator and it goes up like that. Oh, you are gone to heaven. And then you press down and then it goes to hell. It is not like that. Now the answer is this. What is heaven? According to Our standard explanation which is available outside in the world, heaven means there is an old man sitting over there with a long flowing beard. He sits over there on a throne and he has got all his cronies sitting around him. You know cronies, you understand? All his henchmen. You think God doesn't have henchmen? Oh, he has got fantastic henchmen by the way they all got wings and all that okay uh, they, they have those jetpacks. they are like iron man with jetpacks. they are all sitting over there yeah and this is the way heaven is depicted and then some woman is nicely pouring some liquor and thing what are you talking about you think that is heaven that is made for fools this heaven has been made for fools There is no such heaven and there is no such hell. Let me assure you this much. If you believe in this kind of a heaven and hell, don't worry, okay? I have fantastic people who will create that. Those are called visual effects, VFX. So you know that God Almighty has got a VFX department. What kind of heaven was this person asking for? Oh, let us look at his, uh, you know, requirements. Oh, his heaven has got, okay, this person, this person, this person, this person. And then you die and you go to heaven and then you meet that person over there. Wow! Have you read a book where, it, where they say, you can meet this person in heaven. how can that person take his body to heaven by the way i just have to think about it how does a person take that body to heaven if he's taking that body to heaven then even coronavirus is in heaven no i mean think about it common sense will tell you that if the person is taking that same body to heaven and he has got the same mustache and the same beard and the same hair I mean you are meeting these people, I met my mother in heaven. What bullshit are you talking? Your mother might have disappeared with some other guy you know. What kind of bullshit are you talking? Don't say those kind of words. My mother I meet in heaven. You can't meet the same people. If you meet the same people, they will be having the same problems with them, isn't it? If that is an irritating character, likes to sit with a glass in the evening and drink away to glory, you will meet him doing the same thing. And do you really think and according to your philosophy, your own philosophy, do you think that that guy deserves to be in heaven? No. Then what makes you think that you are going to meet your favorite people in heaven? That is all bunkum. Don't believe all those things. That is the VFX department of that be- bearded guy. By the way, even the bearded guy is a VFX. Okay. You understand no? Visual f- effects it is. It's like they do in all these films. They show Star Wars, Star Trek, this, that, you know, Tenet now, Tenet is there. And God knows all those kind of things that they show. Those are visual effects, don't fall for it. Got it? So what is heaven? Heaven is the rise of sattva in the mind, sattva guna, in your mind, so the heaven is in your mind. And everything in the mind is illusory by the way. I am thinking in my mind we we say, anything that you think of is nothing but illusion. But Wouldn't you like to have a good illusion? Would you like to be you know caught up like James Bond and tied up with all your hands and stuff like that and then there is one machine coming to you chopping away like that? I don't think you want that kind of a horror. You would rather have a nice person next to you and giving you nice massage and this and that is what you think about heaven. So the thoughts, what thoughts are you having? So the rise in sattva happens with the thoughts. If you have good thoughts, your sattva will rise. The sattva guna person is a person who has all the goodness in them. They do not see anything ugly, bad or worst in this world. They are only goodness personified. Their speech is pure music. Their actions are the best thing in the world. They are kind, compassionate, loving, caring. So these people who have so much of goodness in them, They are in heaven. That is the heaven. So, who is the God there? You yourself are the God there. There is no other bearded chap sitting with all those fancy guys around. No, 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 no. There is nobody like that. You yourself are the person in the heaven. So, heaven means the rise of sattva inside of you. When your sattva goes very high, then you are in the heaven. Which story of the heaven are you in, by the way? Again depends. There are different, different heavens, by the way. If you have just come from the neutral zone, neutral zone means on the earth, the earthly plane, and you have pressed the button for the next story, your rise in sattva is not that high. There the requirements are not that great. Yes, what are you going to get over there? A piece of cake, maybe high tea. A little bit of happiness, little bit of happiness. But if you are saying that I have been a good person, suppose you say to someone, I have been good person, which heaven are you entitled for? No. Then your lift goes down, first level of hell, not the seventh level of hell. The first level of health, the moment you say these words, I have been good to this world. Sir, you are a mean person. The moment you utter the words, you are a mean person. You are not a good person. I have been good. Who is making the judgment? Your mind is making the judgment and if your mind makes the judgment, That you have been a nice person or a good person and if you might have donated some money and you say, I have been kind enough to donate this money. Okay, go to hell. No heaven for you. The rise of sattva. So as the sattva rises level by level, level by level, level by level, level by level. level level. How much of sattva do you have in you? Ask yourself this story. You do your own judgment. Ask your stupid mind, how much of sattva do you have today? Did you get up in time? Answer is no. Cross it out. Did you do your stuff in time? No. Cross it out. Did you keep up your commitments? No. Last night before sleeping, you were supposed to do certain things. Have you done that? No. Cross it out. Have some bad thoughts come to you in the morning? Cross it out. Where is your heaven? At the end of your assessment you will say, I am the most, you know, the most important person for hell rather than heaven. If you really want to be in heaven, you got to have the rise of sattva in your mind. Does the sattva rise in your mind or does it go down? So heaven is rise of sattva, the goodness that you have to be. Even if there are other people in your world who may say something, do something or be the worst creatures on earth, you are not supposed to be disturbed. You are supposed to be the epitome of goodness only got the answer? Let the world do whatever they want to they are anyway going to hell. Why are you bothered about it? You should never make judgments on other people. Remember that you be your good self. Let the other world the people in this world do whatever they feel like. Why should you bother about it? So it shouldn't really matter. People think that they are helping somebody and that is why they are good. I want to give you an example. Now you think, you think, you really think, you know, oh, uh, uh, my sister or my brother has got the cancer, okay. My brother has got cancer and I go and pray to God saying that, God, God, please help my brother, please help my brother, please help my brother. And you go out of the way and talk to the people in the hospital or in the, you know, the departments that are there, chemotherapy and this and that and various other departments, even for doing the tests, the different, different tests that are required, you go and tell the person, my brother, you know, he is very sick. Can you just give him that medicine? Can you do this? Can you do this? And at the end of the day, your brother is in the hospital. He has got his medication. He has done everything properly. And you have done something good, good to your brother. What is the place that you will go to? According to your mind you will go to heaven. Well, let me assure you, you are going to second hell, number two, not even number one hell, number two hell. Why? Who has asked you to interfere? there is a queue over there for doing all those tests you jumped the queue now let us say there was a fourth person in the queue and because you jumped the queue that person's treatment got delayed by one day what am i saying there was number four person in the queue and you jumped the queue by knowing somebody over there and according to you your goodness you used and you jumped the queue and got the medication for your own brother. Alright. There was a fourth person over there. He was not able to do the test that day. His test got delayed by one day and because of that one day delay, the person died. You know how much that is on you? The entire karma of that person's death falls on your head. First and foremost, you should do things in the way it is programmed in this world. Don't try to jump cues. Don't try to do something where you are not going to help anybody. By coming and talking and doing things in front of God and saying, God, God, please help me. God, God, please help. And then going and doing whatever is not supposed to be done. You really think you are helping? On the contrary, you are going to hell, sir. You should know your swa dharma. And you should act according to dharma. What does the dharma say? Does the dharma say that you can bribe somebody? Does the dharma say that you can use influence? Has the dharma said that? The dharma never said that. You have tried to circumvent karma. There is a prarabdha the karma for you and the other people concerned. And you have tried to circumvent it. So your level is straight away going to hell. No, no way heaven. But your mind is going to tell you did a good thing. Who's told you we have done a good thing? Bhishma Pitama also said the same thing, you know. I have done good in this world. Krishna asks him the question, Who do you think you are to give me this answer? Are you God Almighty? That you can make judgments that you have done something good? Sir, I am the one who judges whether it is goodness or whether it is evil. Who judges this? Krishna judges it. But Krishna doesn't give punishments. The universe gives the punishment. The hell is in your own mind. The rise of tamas is the hell. If you have any evil thoughts, if you think bad about another person, if you utter bad words from your mouth, if you have done something wrong, robbed people or done something, it doesn't matter. You have done something wrong? Yes then you are due for hell. So the rise of tamas in your own mind is hell. And by the way, there is no devil sitting over there. You are the devil yourself. Just put that pointy hat and your pointy tail, stick it up. You are the hell. You are the devil yourself. The moment the tamas rises in you, that is hell. The hell is the rise of tamas in the mind. The moment you feel lazy, you have inertia, (laughs) I don't feel like getting up. You are in hell already. The rise of tamas in a person is hell. Don't worry, there is a next, next line is there. I'm coming to it. That time I will tell you what you are supposed to do with the guru still wait. This is what is hell, that is not, hell according to you, there is some guy sitting over there and he's having one, you know, one trident in his hand and he's spiking the fires over there. (laughs) And he's laughing over there. You think that is hell? There is no such person. But like, okay, you want to see such a person? You know, Krishna will say, VFX department, he wants to see hell, give him hell. His VFX department is fantastic, by the way, they really create those objects. And who is in charge of the VFX? Do you know? Who is in charge of the virtual effects that are there in this material world? Ms. Dot M-A-Y-A. Mrs. Maya. So Maya Darling is the one who is going to create all these beautiful effects for you. So you want to see hell, Maya, please give them hell. Or somebody who has rise in sattva, please give him heaven. Why do you want to go to heaven or hell? The rise of sattva takes you to heaven in your mind. If you have a rise in sattva, it is going to take you to heaven. That is the reason why every time when a student comes to me, I will always tell them, be your good self. I tell everybody in this world, whoever comes to me, never be your bad one, No, the bad one that you are. That any thought, any words, any actions that you do for any purpose whatsoever, if it is having even a load, a little bit of tamas, you are going to hell, sir. And in your own mind there is hell. So what happens to those people who keep on thinking in their mind? I've been thinking in my mind. They are already in hell. Their own created hell. All that is unreal. Remember this. I started this whole thing with the answer. Everything is unreal. It is Maya's creation. Why are you getting trapped in it? There is neither heaven nor hell. But you want it. Maya is going to give you. How many heavens do you want? Okay, that many heavens you will get. Some places they say there are seven heavens. Okay, give him seven heavens. Some places they say 14 heavens. Wow. Double it up. Some places 21 heavens. Excellent. Give him as many heavens as he wants. And some people will say you are going to the worst, you know, the the worst hell of all. Don't worry, I have I have a gradation in worst also. N, you know, x to the power of n. How many heavens hells do you want? I'll give you that as well. You have dirty. Words coming out of your mouth, don't worry you will go to the hell where they will clean your teeth. That reminds me of a very beautiful story. Okay, so I was reading the Swami Rama's book (laughs) and in that there was another adept. Now Swami Rama was an adept, he was also an adept. And Swami Rama was having his own ego. And he kept on saying to the other person, uh, treating treating him badly. That person was not that great. He had just joined. Swami Rama was there with that Guru for many years. And this person had joined just two years ago. So Swami Rama had this greatness, you know, that egotism, and that arrogance, I know, I am here for so many years. So every newcomer that joins, you have to treat that person badly. So he was treating that person very badly. He was also an adept. So every time Swami Rama will say, go get me this, go get me that, bring water for me, bring this for me. And it went on for quite some time. That person was very kind. He was just doing what was necessary. He never showed that he had knowledge or anything like that. He behaved exactly like a normal person. But Swami Rama's ahankar ego came to the fore and he started treating him badly. Then what happened? One day there was time for retribution. Swami Rama was standing at the edge of the river and brushing his teeth. And Swami Rama, while brushing his teeth, looks at him and says, Hey, get me a lot of water. So the other person looks at him and says, keep brushing. What he says? Keep brushing. They find Swami Rama after two days. His entire mouth is swollen, his entire mouth is swollen and he is still rubbing his finger like this. And his Gurudev comes and taps him and says, get up. And then he asks, what is this, my whole face is swollen, my teeth, my gums are swollen, what is wrong with me? He says, for two days you have been lying over here brushing your teeth, never be arrogant and..." And show your ego even to newcomer. You don't understand. You are not here to judge anybody. So never judge another person in life. Swami Rama gets his lesson. You don't know judgment. That you leave it to your Guru. That is the next line which he says. So the rise in Tamas and the rise in Sattva. In your mind will give you the hell or the heaven, whichever it is. So if you have a rise of sattva in your mind, you are going to heaven. That is heaven for you. And the rise of tamas in your mind, tamas can be anything, whether it is anger, whether it is, you know, inertia, whether you don't get up, laziness. If you speak bad words, If you do wrong things in this world, it is called the rise of tamas in you and you are surely in hell. So remember this. Now, the next one which he asks, the teacher who is no other than myself is the friend. So the question was, who is the friend? Please remember this. If you have a guru in your life, If you have a guru in your life, he is your most dearest friend. Your guru may say whatever he wants to. He may say, don't talk like this. You are not supposed to talk. If he says to you, do this right now, you are supposed to do. Krishna says, your guru, is none other than me. The Guru is Krishna himself. This is Krishna's own words. He is telling Uddhava this. The Guru is Krishna himself and is your friend. So whatever the Guru says, you got to listen to him. And you have to be nice to him and kind to him. Surrender to your Guru. He will show you the path. But never treat him like you treat ordinary people. You go to the bank and take loans. You go to your mother and do something. I want this for lunch. You go to your friends and say, "Your dude, let's go out for a drink. That is not the friend we are talking about and that is not the mother he is. There has to be a tremendous amount of respect for your Guru. The Guru Vani, whatever the Guru says, are the true words. And if you have a Guru in your life who is Taking you along with him. Please be with him. The Guru is Krishna himself. This is the Udhav Gita. Verse 43 from chapter 14. Where Krishna himself authorizes that. Got it? So you got to understand this. You got to honor him because he is the only friend you are going to have in this world. You see, the friends that you have in the material world will teach you how to drink, how to be merry, they will backbite, they will say whatever that comes to their mind, they will do all kinds of nonsensical stuff, they will disturb your mind and keep. But a true guru, a real guru, a real master is Krishna himself. He is your true friend. He always thinks good about you. You may think that my Gurudev is not good, you know. He did this to me. He sent me away. He has done so many wrong things. Is that so? That is his way of teaching. You don't know that. Somebody asked me a question two days ago and the person asked me, I am so far from you. I am so far from you. I want to be very close to you. Why am I not very close to you? The answer was this. All the wives of Krishna, they were with him till, they died, till he died, by the way. But the highest devotee of Krishna, they are never with him. They are called gopis. His wives are not his gopis. No. They stay with him. But the highest devotee are his gopis. And who is the highest, the number one gopi? It is Radha herself. She will never be with Krishna physically. But she will be the highest. Likewise, all the gopis are the highest. So if your guru says, I want you to stay there and do your japa or do whatever that he's told you to do, you should be happy and doing it. There are two more lines. I will do them in five minutes. The human body is the home. Do you remember we were talking about this body, this body, this body? I told you, you are not the body. Is given the answer here, what is the home? You think my house number is so and so, I have a husband over there, I have a wife over there, I have a children over there. That is my home. It doesn't make a home. You are mistaken. What is a home? Home is not comprising of your loving parents, loving wife or spouses or loving children. It doesn't comprise of that, sorry. This body is your home. You are staying in my rented property, Krishna says. That is your home. I have given it to you for some time. And the, when you are there on this earth, no, you treat it like your home only. He indeed is called rich who is rich in virtues. If you have good virtues, then you are a very rich person. Now these two lines we will do tomorrow in the satsang. I will be doing from verse 44 tomorrow, but these two. I will keep them for tomorrow because these are important words which Krishna has given and you need to know the meaning of them. Because remember the only way is Krishna's way. The path which leads to him is the right way and every other path is the wrong way. Got it? So I will stop over here. And then I will see you all tomorrow for the continuation of the same 43 verse balance half of it and 44 the rest of the verses. Okay. Take care. You have a great day and have a good weekend. Bye.